Oh, hi, Jubby. Hey, again. Hey, uh, so, um, how familiar are you with, uh, Scooby-Doo Deep Lore? Not at all. What okay. were you talking about? Uh, uh, well, all right, so I was, I mean, I'm not the first person to wonder this, but over the past weekend, I watched a lot of old, random Scooby-Doo episodes, and there's, a uh, for the uninitiated, there's, uh, like, way too many series, like, different series of Scooby-Doo, like, it's not just Where Are You, it, there's, like, the Scooby-Doo show, and yeah. the Scooby and Scrappy show, and Scooby-Doo and the 13 Ghosts, and all these shit. Yeah, there's a ton of different spinoffs, yeah. Um, in various movies, and I think in 13 Ghosts and a couple things, Shaggy is wearing a red shirt instead of his standard green shirt attire. Yeah, 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 I remember this. Yeah, yeah. so, what do you think the reason is that, you know, no other character suffered a dramatic wardrobe change, really. Uh, Daphne looks slightly different, but she's still wearing, you know, pink and stuff. So, how come they decided to give Shaggy a red shirt? Maybe uh, he's he's the only he's the only person wearing like t-shirts, right? So it's the same one all the time, except for this, where it's the same one except green. Maybe he forgot to wash all his green shirts, man. (sighs) So why are they red then? Are they stained with the blood of his enemies? No, you just (laughs) got red shirts too. All right, I have a theory on why he has a red shirt. Yeah, go ahead. Um, I want to hear this bullshit. I have I have no basis on which to base this on. God. All right. Every time Shaggy has a red shirt on, Scrappy-Doo is present. I, I don't think there's a single instance where Shaggy has the red shirt, at least, like, that isn't just a reference to him having the red shirt at all, because now it's like an in-joke, I guess. That doesn't have Scrappy-Doo in it. I think it was a call for help. A red alert, if you will. That way, for future generations watching this, just know not to watch it. If you see Shaggy wearing a red shirt, it's a bad sign. That's why it was there. As a warning to future generations <laughs> to avoid Scrappy Doo. <laughs> <laughs> what, is he just going to murder Shaggy and then? Uh, well, it, unless it's too late, but you can help. If you call 1-800-RED-SHIRT-SHAGGY now and donate a dollar, you can help a child never have to watch an episode with Scrappy in it again. The world is counting on you, folks. Call now. Genhart just called me a pussy, everybody. Welcome to the Get a Jump Show. I'm your host, Jump. You want make something of it? You want to make something of it? That's your other host, Gan. That's your other host, Pussy Boy. Pussy Boy. <laughs> Jusby. Today we're going to talk about all manner of things. No. Including Halloween Resurrection. Oh, so God. buckle up, butterfucks. It's going to be a good time. Uh, I almost forgot that that's what we were talking about today. But I'm really upset. But before we get to that, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll talk about video games first. What have you been playing? Nothing of note. No, Still, I don't know. Are you playing Rock Band? I mean, yeah. Uh, a little bit of Spider-Man here and there. I didn't buy it, so I have to I have to uh, mooch off of your PlayStation to play that. So that's fun. Yeah. Uh, but you beat it. You like that game. I beat it, and I love it. I'm getting there. Uh I keep getting distracted with side stuff. We're playing that new Mario Party on the Switch, though. Yeah, Super Mario Party. It's a good time. It's an actual good Mario Party game. It's a fucking miracle, to be honest. How many were bad in Let's the see. long line? Five. Was there, there was 12, so what? There was 12? Seven of them. The last seven have been bad. Okay. When did they start making it so that like you all move at once? Those were bad ones. The, the last two, so I think 11 and 12. Okay. This this is the best one since, in my opinion, it's the best one since three. Easily. Yeah, I uh, think it's better than four for sure. Yeah, I would say. Um, it's more creative. It it finally gives a reason for the characters to be, like, to choose a different character, because they have their own custom dice blocks, and that adds an in- interesting element to the game, an interesting strategy. Yeah, so yeah, every character they they downsized everything, so the boards are smaller, stars cost less. You start with less coins, but. You only have a six-sided die. You can't roll up to a ten anymore. You can only roll up to a six. 
Then on top of that, each character has their own unique character die. They have all kind, all manners of things on them. Like there's a, uh, there's Wario, which has like, what is it at? Two minus threes, and then four sixes. And then four sixes. Minus three coins. Yeah, yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah. The, the, there's there's zeros. There's things that give you minus coins. There's things that give you plus coins. There's, it's there's it's wild. Numbers. I actually really dig that system. Uh, it's not perfect. There's a lot of little dumb things that irk me, uh, especially like, I guess you can't just play the normal mode online. No, the only thing you can do online is like the mini game shit. I think that's a missed opportunity. Oh, 100%. It'd be cool is. to have, like, Mario Party leaderboards. I know it's a game of chance, but it would be interesting at the very least. I don't know. We'd be able to just play online with random people. Like, it would be neat. It's the kind of game where that would be fun. They, they do it for Mario Kart. They do it for Smash. I don't know why they wouldn't do it for their other 10-point multiplayer franchise. Well, maybe they Doesn't can. make any sense. Uh, hopefully they can write this wrong at some point. Well, I'm I, sure they can I add it if they want to. It would be nice. Uh... What what have you been playing that's not that? Playing more games on the Switch. My PS4 has actually been kind of collecting dust, but I'm going to start playing, in honor of Spooky Season, I'm going to start playing through, uh, playing a little bit of a Friday 13th again. Oh yeah, free game. Yeah, month. it was free of PS Plus. I already owned it beforehand. I bought it. I love the game. I'm happy to own it. I'm very happy. Uh, I am actually really dig that game. I'm not very good at it. At all. Not a lot of people are. It's hard. It very is. Hard. It is. But it has a lot of charm. Yeah, it, I, I see a lot of people say that Dead by Daylight is better. They're wrong. They're totally wrong. That game has, like, no charm. No, it's just, like, it, Dead by Daylight is very bland, very boring. Friday the 13th has, like, all the cool shit and stuff that's, like, fun from the Friday the 13th franchise into a game. Most importantly, I could pick up the game and play as Jason. Whereas in Dead by Daylight, I have to spend money to play as any licensed characters. Yeah. Or earn coins by playing the game for, like... Ever. Yeah. Now, as, like, random hillbilly man. Or yeah, Friday whatever. the 13th is grindy, but it also uh, doesn't have microtransactions in it. And it's not predatory by any stretch of the imagination. The only DLC is can't. very cheap costume packs. Yeah, they're very cheap, actually. It's, what, what, five bucks for a costume pack or something like I that? I think it's $2. Holy shit. I might be wrong, but I think it's that cheap. Yeah, they're, they're super cheap. They're very, very, very good to what and they do. it adds do. a costume for each character. There's a beach pack and a Halloween costume pack. Now, a lot of that probably has to do with the fact that it was a Kickstarter game. Yeah. Different uh, minds at work here. Right. <laughs> yeah. It's the same thing with, like, like Hollow Knight, which is one of the games I've been playing. Uh, it had a bunch of, bunch of like, smaller, really, like, nice, cheap DLC packs. In fact, I think in the Switch version of it was just free, I think. Okay. Or maybe it cost money. I forget. I don't know. I'm playing my brother's copy. But, uh, that game's excellent. It's another Kickstarter game. Uh, took a long, long time for it to come to consoles. It's been on PC for a year now. And I think two months ago, it launched on the Switch. And now That's it's on when PS4. I've seen, uh, I've seen most people playing it on the Switch. This is when it like really seemed to take off on the internet for me. I don't yeah, know. it's because it, it's a game that's meant for the Switch. It's that kind I of game. I can see that. It, it looks like it'd be a good handheld game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like doing I do both with it. I like using my Pro Controller. I don't like using tabletop mode because it's kind of weird to me. Okay. But uh, I love, love, love that game. And at first, it didn't really grab me. It's a Metroidvania game. So its entire mechanics is based on exploration, finding new powers, backtracking to go to new areas, using those newfound powers. That's the foundation of the gameplay. Like it is in every Metroidvania game. Sure, it's, sure. E it's emphasis on exploration, environments, and combat. And the combat in Hollow Knight is very interesting because you have, you have, a, you have a sword that you attack with, right? And uh, when you hit something, it bounces both of you backwards. And so there's an interesting mechanic where you... That creates some interesting scenarios where you can use that to position yourself and use that to position other enemies. And it's really It makes it really interesting, really weird to get used to at first. But okay. as I've been playing it more and more, I've come to like it a lot more. And that's kind of what's been happening with the whole game so far. At first, I wasn't really impressed. I was like, okay, this seems really typical to me. It's like a regular Metroidvania game. The environments are beautiful. The music's great. But there's nothing, like, catching Ho me Hooking yet. you, really? But yeah. then that moment happened. Yeah, that moment did happen where I went to, like, what's basically the core of the whole map. It's about, I'd say, three, three, three and a half hours into the game. I went into this area. And then I, it starts off with a really hard enemy. I fought it. I beat it. It was great feeling beating that thing. And then you walk out. And it's this large, large area. Very vertical. 
uh, very dark, stormy. There's like rain coming down everywhere. You go up, to, you go up to the, like the end of this little hallway, and there's a glass. And you walk up to the glass, and the rain's falling down, and this beautiful, beautiful music kicks in. The environment looks so gorgeous, and then right there, it just hooked me. And I was like, this is enough for me to like really start digging this game. And I know it gets insanely deeper, like as you go on. And like from my my brother played this game first, and he's letting me borrow it, and uh, he said that it gets pretty nuts in the late game. With all the different shit you can do and all the different stuff that happens. So, but it really builds up. Okay. And I'm okay with it. I'm along for the ride. Alright. I might give it a go in a little bit here. Uh, Metroidvanias have never really been my thing. But I'm going to give one a shot soon. You haven't really played any. I'm giving the beginning of that genre a shot, basically. Uh, Symphony uh, of the Night? Yeah, it's coming to PS4 soon if it's not out already. Yeah. By the time you listen to this. Uh I'm going to buy that. Does it come out Friday? I think so. Next I, week? And it comes with uh, some other game, too, or something. It comes with Rondo of Blood. Is that another is, game entirely? Yeah, this is, the, this is a port of the one that was on the PSP. Okie dokie. I think it was back in the day. Well, it probably looks fine. I, you know, I don't know. It's Symphony of the Night, so how, how high-skilled do you it need it It doesn't need to be. The game's yeah. gorgeous. It ran on a PS1. They didn't upscale the graphics yeah. or anything. It's the exact same. Rondo of Blood is a... I think a, it looks really good, even in, on the PS1. It's pretty gorgeous game actually oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. run of blood is a uh, more of a classic style castlevania game where it's more linear and sure shit. okay it's still pretty good you play as richter in that one yes okay cool that's the introduction to richter oh, which all right. for, but it didn't really come out in america for a while actually for us the introduction to richter was uh symphony of the night which is very weird <laughs> where you get that infamous like die monster yeah so like it makes sense shit. if you play <laughs> like the, the beginning of symphony of the night makes more sense if you play rondo of blood first yeah. Because they okay. kind of, like, it ends, and then, like, Symphony Knight picks up. And you're like, oh, this makes sense. Oh, okay. Well, should so, I play that one first, then? You don't I'm also, have to. I'm also not really big into Castlevania. It's not important. All right. You don't have to. If you're buying it just for Symphony Knight, it makes sense. It's like one I of the best games ever made. to be into Castlevania, but I don't know. If, the gameplay has never hooked me. But I've also never really given it a real college try yeah, you know what yeah, i mean yeah. no symphony uh, night is one of the best games ever made in general and i think you'll love it as much as i like spooky shit i should probably get into castlevania yeah probably really like it i think you might not like the earlier ones they're unforgivingly challenging they're linear they're all level based they're not as probably how i feel about most nes games to be yeah, honest it's not as well made <laughs> uh until symphony of the night and then after that the game boy advance castlevania is all amazing the nintendo ds castlevania is all amazing okay then you get to the 3DS one, and it's not that good. Yeah, what about Castlevania 64? Masterpiece. <laughs> Isn't there two on the 64? Yeah, they're bo- they both suck ass. That's interesting. They're, they, uh, run, they run the same garbage engine. I, so. Those are expensive games, too, which is weird. That's because everybody likes having those bad games. Well, I mean, like, to finish your Castlevania collection. They probably only printed it once because it was bad, if I had to guess. So yeah, yeah, yeah they didn't do a second printing. Nobody gave a fuck about it. Yeah. They didn't sell uh, one more game we've been playing before we move on. This is a long game segment, longer than we've ever done before. Hey, that's all right. But, uh, because I haven't been watching anything, so I guess I'm out of that. My segment on that will be long anyway, so. Yeah, we might even do a big topic. We'll see what happens. Uh, I've been playing The Messenger. I played and beat The Messenger on the Switch as well. That uh, game I'm extremely interested in because it looks wild. <laughs> yeah. I first heard about the game from, uh, one Greg Miller. Who? Who's, uh, whose wife... Jean Vier Saint Tonge, if I pronounced that correctly, it's hard. I don't know French very well. I don't know. She, she calls uh, her Jen. I would just yeah, her name that. is Jen. <laughs> but uh, she uh, she's runs like she's part of an advertising firm thing that kind of like takes indies and promotes them. Uh, and the Messenger was their first major client. Okay. And so that's how I heard about it. Oh, that's cool. And I didn't really hear that much about it because like I, I was sold kind of instantly where they're like, okay, it's a uh, it's a retro-style game that's like Ninja Gaiden. I'm like, okay, I'm in. There's, there's not really any games out there that are like the original two Ninja Gaiden. Well, three Ninja Gaiden games. Not Nothing, really. They're very different from like your typical side-scrolling platforming game. Because they're very, they're very combat-oriented, and they're very like... The platforming is always different, and the aesthetic's awesome. Is it as unforgiving as Ninja Gaiden? No, not even close. That's good. There are segments that are hard. But usually they're for, they're for getting collectibles. You don't okay, have to sure. get. 
that's fine. Yeah. As long as it's not like in order to beat the game, you have to kill yourself, basically. <laughs> no, no, no. It doesn't get that bad. And any, it was, it was pretty much a breeze for me. There was a couple parts that said that got me, but it's not that hard. All right. But there's two big twists in that game. Do you want to ruin them or no? No. Okay. I think it. I think it takes. I a bit feel out like of the it game. enhanced your experience of the game, not knowing what it turns into. Yeah, yeah, is is kind of what I'm getting at. Oh, here. it definitely did. If I had, if I kind of knew what it was going in, I don't think I would have liked it as much. But the fact that it caught me by surprise like twice in a row, I yeah, loved it. that's well. I mean, I've I've obviously know already because I've watched uh, your brother play it. Yeah, and you play it. Uh, but I would have never picked this game up anyway because again, Metroidvania and stuff. But not. But I'm interested in it because of all the story and weird shit in it. That is admittedly very funny. Oh, the and, game's uh, hilarious. It's written great. It's very uh, very sarcastic, uh, yeah. very self-aware. It's a lot of fun. And very, yeah. very, like, just charming in general. Love that game. I might uh, check it out when I, I think get it's worth. If you like any kind of side-scrolling-ass games, if you like Ninja Gaiden, pick it up. Is it only on Switch? I think it's on PC as well. Like Steam or something? Yeah. Cool, cool. Best place to play it's on the Switch. That's the case for most indies now, I would say. All right, cool. Anyway, again, go ahead and rant about The Walking Dead for like an hour. I'll kick back. Oh, fuck yeah, dude. Welcome. Welcome. I think I've bitched about The Walking Dead on this show before once. Uh, It won't be this last time now either. And uh, a recurring segment on our show, which I'd like to call Gen Bitches About The Walking Dead. It's a very creative title. Gen Bitches About The Walking Dead. That's an okay theme song, but, I mean, uh, I don't know. Let me try one. Okay. Uh, why, okay. why, why listen to Chris Hardwick on Talking Dead when you could listen to Genhart, bitch, instead? <laughs> <laughs> Great. <laughs> Man. I, I don't know. I, my go-to joke right now is kind of mean, but uh, the only reason they rehired Chris Hardwick is they can't find anybody else that likes The Walking Dead. <laughs> so they kind of have to stick with the man. I personally can't. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, here's the thing. Uh, season 9 just premiered, and uh, let me go ahead and pull up this article. Uh, Walking Dead Season 9 premiere is lowest rated in series history. Is it a Vox article? Uh, it's a variety article. Oh, okay. Never mind. Uh, Who wrote it? Hmm, where to write it, man? Joe Otterson. Okay, shout out. Shout out to you, Joe. Thanks. What, do we got to source this man? It's nice. Yeah, I would agree. I would agree. Yeah, you know what I mean? Uh, in the past, I've only really pulled up Wikipedia articles on Halloween movies on us on our podcast. Right, if you pull here. up actual articles, I think it's uh, nice. Who to knows kind of who thing. writes those? It could be you out there <laughs> thanks uh, for writing the, the articles for us before we go research let's see audience. Here. I appreciate now, you. now it's 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 easy to think the sky is falling when you read these things but in reality this was still 2.5 rating of 6 million 6.1 million viewers uh it is the lowest rating in adults since the show began the previous low being the series premiere with a 2.7 so that was back when nobody knew what The Walking Dead even was. And the only reason people watched it was because they knew about the comic or heard that Frank Darabond was involved. That's it. So, this did worse than that. Now, there are a couple theories as to why. Would you care to take a stab at any of those, Just Be? <laughs> why do you think The Walking Dead didn't do so hot with its Season 9 premiere? Oh, maybe because Season 8 was a pile of fucking garbage. It was Ooh. boring. And then season 7 was a pile of fucking garbage and it was boring. And then season 6 was a pile of fucking (laughs) garbage and it was boring. I feel like you're going to be more harsh than me. Because what I'm getting at, too, in this season, this this segment, sorry, is uh, I have ranked all of The Walking Dead seasons. Uh, I have done this so that for future reference, you know what my opinion on this series is to the T. As we go forward, because I am not, I'm not a hater without reason. I'm, I'm a hater because I've been through it all. <laughs> okay. <laughs> like I understand every reason to be frustrated or not frustrated. Uh, to be honest, actually, uh, although 
admittedly, I don't know how much this says. Season 9's premiere was pretty good. Uh, spoilers. Uh, they did the cool thing from the comics where Maggie hangs Gregory. Oh, okay, And cool. they did it in the first episode back, which was actually pretty good because usually The Walking Dead likes to stretch out those kind of things for Forever. multiple episode spans of for time. Fucking ever. Uh, so it was really cool that uh, they went through the entire arc of him trying to kill her and her retaliating and hanging him in one episode. Uh, that was pretty good. That was a pretty good decision on their part, I feel. Uh, this is apparently the span of episodes where Rick Grimes, uh, dies, question mark? Uh, I don't know if that's gonna happen or not. They're just like, the entire time, it's so fucking annoying. They're like, Rick's final episode to The Walking Dead it takes away. It's gonna take away some of the weight from him actually yeah, dying, Why the sure. fuck would they do that? What a bunch of shit. I think it's because it leaked. Oh, did it leak? Uh, I don't know if they wanted that information to get out that it was his final episode. So then they had to address it at Comic-Con. But it could have been part of their plans all along because it's so embedded in all the marketing for this last season here, uh, his last season here. And apparently he's only going to live for the first six of eight episodes of this chunk. Oh, yeah, another thing I would I would like to, to state for the record. Uh, in ranking the seasons, I've actually ranked them as half seasons because that's how AMC thinks of this show. And it's very clear from looking at it. There are two season premieres and two season finales every year for this show. Yeah, yeah, it seems like there's two seasons a year for this show. They basically make it two seasons a year for this show. And really, it feels like it, too, because sometimes it's varying quality. <laughs> like, one half will be great, or at least okay. And then another half will be like, what the fuck? <laughs> I found it very like a tonal mess. And it it doesn't really follow through as one story from episode 1 to 16. It's more like 1 to 8. And then 9 through 16. There's a very big cutoff. And it's usually like a dumb cliffhanger. Like, lol, Carl's gonna die. Or something else dumb. It's, it's you know. So, uh, let me see what I got here. Oh boy, a studio audience is gathering. Hello, hello, hello studio audience. Come here. Come here, studio audience. I'm gonna, I'm gonna ask. I have two members of my studio audience. I'm gonna ask both questions. What do yeah. you feel about AMC's The Walking Dead? Just give me, like, a two-word response. Piss. That's, that's, that's good. One, 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 perfect. <laughs> Half the time, just as much weight. Perfect. All right, all right. My other studio audience member, what do you think about The Walking Dead? Two words or less. The Walking what? That was that was three words, but that's okay. Go ahead and sit down. The Walking who? The Walking mm. whom's? Yeah. Oh, uh, this is a ranking of the entire TV show franchise. I've included Fear the Walking Dead, which just concluded its uh, fourth season. So, uh, we. Let's see. Uh, now, now you've only watched a little bit of on, this show, uh, right? That's what I think about The Walking Dead. Go that's ahead. That's fair. Which seasons have you watched? And like, where did you stop, Jusby? Just to clarify. Five. You've watched the first five seasons. I, no, I stopped in the middle of five. I think. Okay. You can comment when I mention any of those seasons and disagree with me or not. I stopped keeping up after uh, the knee and shit. That's yeah, after, way later than season. No, like five. after it started. You stopped caring incredibly and yeah, when the Negan shit started? that's when I dropped off. Uh, I feel like that's the case with most people. I'll get to that. We, we have that infamous cliffhanger that after, yeah, after the after, after that was when I was officially done. I still wasn't watching every episode before that. I stopped watching every episode after, uh, after the prison shit was over. The prison shit, uh, and then our group got back together and they killed the cannibals in season five. Yeah, when, 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 when the cannibal shit was starting is when I when I like kind of started watching seldomly. Season five A, as I would say. Yeah, there's A and B season. That's how I'm gonna refer to them in this. That's thing. when I actually stopped watching every episode. Okay, so I guess season five. All right, so there's 22 half seasons of The Walking Dead, with the first seasons of both shows being uh, only one entry because they're only six episodes each. Everything else is an eight episode chunk, clearly thought out as that. So, at the bottom of the barrel, and I've written all this down. I thought about this a great deal. <laughs> Probably more than I should have, because I'm a loser. Uh, what, do you, what else do you expect? I watched The Walking Dead. Uh, ranked at the bottom, number 22. Fear the Walking Dead Season 2A. <laughs> Wait, the fear is split into two chunks, too? Oh, yeah. Oh, God. 16 episode seasons divided into eight. Why? I'm so mad. All right. All right. Uh, yeah, me. You're mad. 
get out of here. <laughs> All right, dude. It's now just the Gen All right, Show. It's the Gen Show. I'll see you guys later. All right, so when a show gets picked up for a second season, it should definitely make a real effort towards expanding its scope and fleshing out its characters more. It definitely should not bring frustrating filler plots to the table while presenting unlikable characters. And yet, that's all we get here in what is possibly the worst this franchise has to offer. Any likability these characters had going for them in Season 1 is ignored here. Instead, they make confounding decisions just to amp up the drama. After this season, I was ready to leave this series stranded at sea, just like it left its characters for what felt like an eternity on a boat. That was the whole plot of this season, by the way. Wait, they were, like, physically actually on a boat? It was the boat season. They hyped it up. Like, you know, ooh, the dead at sea. But, like, how are there zombies in the sea? There was, though. Are you fucking kidding me? It was a bad season, dude. Uh, Ooh, wow, it scrolled to the bottom. Thanks, Facebook Messenger, you fuck. This is what I wrote it in. Probably should have wrote it in something else. Because I did it at work. You have a notepad on your phone. Maybe I do, but I did it here. (laughs) All right. (laughs) It's too late to apologize. (laughs) (laughs) Jesus fucking Christ. Come on with your list, goddammit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, so... Or maybe I was ready to pass out in a burning building, to use another metaphor from the show. (laughs) A character did that. Whatever. It sucks. This is what I wrote verbatim. (laughs) Oh, my God. Next up, number 21. (laughs) The most recent half season of The Walking Dead, season 8B. Carl dies in the first step, and honestly, he should be psyched. Because he gets to leave this show behind. <laughs> All Out War was one of my favorite arcs in the comics, and its conclusion is completely botched here, turning Rick into a psychopathic killer who suddenly becomes a goody two-shoes at the very end for convenience's sake. Jeffrey Dean Morgan's Negan is pretty much the only highlight as we waste time on filler episodes and filler side plots, like Negan's underling trying to stage a coup, or that bullshit key to the future episode. These old people show up at the hilltop, and they're like, we got the key to the future. And it's a book that tells you how to grow crops. I'm going to leave that dead silent there. Because I, I think I, I'm gonna give, I gave the audience time to groan. Yeah, I hope so. There's a reason season nine's premiere had the lowest numbers in years for this show. It's this. Number 20. <laughs> oh, my God. We, we might have been here for an hour. We could maybe do two parts of this. I don't know. You want, you want to make this a two-parter? I'll, I mean, what do you want to do? It's the, also the Jub show. I was facetious No, earlier. you kicked me out. It's the Gen show. I would. I didn't mean it. Keep going. I'll tell you when to stop. All right. Well, we got to get to Halloween Resurrection so we can collectively bitch about something we both agree is bad. For sure. At least we got to spend the first, like, 20 minutes of this episode talking oh, about shit we actually games? like. Yeah, yeah Because sure. everything else, everything we've played has been fun. Everything we've watched has sucked dick. So I, this is where uh, we're at. Not everything. There was good Halloween movies mixed in with no, the like in the last bad week. ones. That's very true. Uh, number 20, The Walking Dead Season 2A. You watched this one. I am probably in the minority here. As this is where The Walking Dead really started to become the phenomenon it is, is when people started to watch the show and say it was good. Uh, but too bad, I hate this chunk of episodes. Uh, no, I didn't like it either. I where don't... our gang searches for Sophia, only to find out she's been dead the whole time. Uh, a few pluses, though, were introduced to Herschel and Maggie, good characters who will have better moments later on. And uh, jo- John Berenthal, <laughs> as Shane, Let me ask you something. is entertaining in an unintentionally cheesy way. Tell you, tell you hey, what. Tell you what, Rick. Tell you what, Rick. Let me ask you something. Tell you what, Dale. Church ain't got no steeple, Rick. Uh, <laughs> and the Sophia twist uh, would have been effective if it wasn't drawn out at such a glacial pace. A problem this show has. All yeah, the to time. have spent a whole half a season. There's a reason people complain this show is slow. I think sometimes it works, uh, but not here. Uh, next up, number 19, Fear the Walking Dead, season 2B. The problems from season 2A are not solved here. (laughs) As our characters go, they're separate ways to have their own uninteresting side plots that predictably lead our heroes back to each other. This half is better than the first, thanks to a truly great memorable scene involving Travis hearing his son has died and flipping the fuck out into a murderous rage. And Nick starts to become a better character as well. But it's not enough 
to make up for the boring hotel in Mexico stuff. I was ready to give up on Fear the Walking Dead after that. But I didn't. I'm kind of glad I didn't. We'll get to why later. Great. This has been a fucking great ride so far, Gethart. Keep going. <laughs> Number 18, The Walking Dead Season 8A. Do you notice a pattern here? <laughs> With the most recent season. Uh, After building up to a full-scale conflict for an entire season, uh, The Walking Dead shows you that war... The Walking Shted? The Walking Shted uh, shows you that war is uh, kind of boring, actually, Yeah, for, th- for this show. No, war is just boring in general. Uh, it's, it's hell, man. At least on this show. A few patches of excitement here and there, like a pretty decent episode focusing on Ezekiel, where, to, where his tiger dies. His CGI tiger died, Jusby. Shed a tear for the CGI tiger. Mm. Shed a tear for that I'm CGI trying. budget. I'm Shed trying. a tear. I, I can't. I can't. I'm sorry. Okay. Uh, but it can't make up for the slow drudge that these episodes feel like, and it's topped off by, uh, I'm still mad, the infuriating and baffling decision to have Carl killed off. Remember Carl? Remember reading the comics and he's still alive, Jusby? Remember Carl? Yeah, he's the best character of the fucking comics. Remember how he's like the second main character? <laughs> yeah, well, they're killing off the main character too, apparently. Uh, there is no God <laughs> here. Do you think God watches The Walking it's Dead? Like, man, and he's like, I'm glad I didn't create that. I bet the writer, uh, the writer's room is like, man, we're having a lot of issues lately and people are getting uninterested in the show. How do we spice it up a little bit? Uh, nah, we can't just write it better. How about we just kill Rick? <laughs> I hope it was Andrew Lincoln going like, in his British voice, like, this show is bad. That was not a British voice at all. <laughs> I don't oh know what God. the fuck. What was that? I, I don't know. I can't do a British accent. Maybe I, I, it just turns into like a beetle, you know? Mm-hmm. And we already talked about them a couple episodes ago. <laughs> and this is a different jerk-off session, so. There's no church in the steeple. Right? <laughs> I'll tell you what, John. <laughs> <laughs> God. Keep going. Uh, no. Keep going. All right, fine. Number 17, Walking Dead, uh, season 6A, Positives First. This one has uh, one of my favorite episodes in it, which is Here's Not Here, which uh, shows us how Morgan goes from a uh, full-blown psycho to a staff-wielding pacifist. Uh, in my opinion on this show, isolated character-driven episodes are, like, where it shines, I would say. But the rest of the season is a very scattered mess. Uh, they set up this villain called the Wolves. And uh, they end up being a pretty half-baked threat. Uh, our group gets scattered all over the place again. Oh, and Glenn died. Except that he didn't. Because he hid under a dumpster. Uh. And quite possibly the dumbest side plot this show has ever concocted. It's only a possibility because there's plenty of them. A cliffhanger leaves us with zombies pouring into Alexandria. I hope Alexandria has enough dumpsters for everyone to hide under. They don't. <laughs> All the not characters die, and that's next season. Uh, next up, number 16, The Walking Dead Season 2B. The second half of Season 2 still manages to waste your time with a plot that goes nowhere. This time, it's a moral quandary of whether our crew should murder a man they've taken prisoner. Spoiler, Shane just kills him. Remember? Yeah, I remember. <laughs> Our characters bicker and sometimes have full-scale brawls. Lori and Andrea become frustratingly awful characters that barely resemble their comic counterparts. Shane's arc is somewhat entertaining. No, I'm saying? And I, I kind of like his death scene. Good twist on what they did in the comics. There's no steeple in the steeple, steeple. <laughs> Hey, Ma, we having chicken or what? That's no, from we having chicken salad. It's <laughs> from a different John Berenthal feature. I'll tell you what, Ma. <laughs> tell you what, Ma, we better have chicken tonight, know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> Number 15, The Walking Dead uh, Season 7B. Uh, it seemed like all our war was coming without things left off in 7A. But nah, that's Season 8, silly. We need to pad this out a while longer. <laughs> it's The Walking Dead, you know? That's how we got to do it. A group of garbage-dwelling uh, weirdos are introduced. Uh, they feel more Mad Max than Walking Dead. They suck ass. Uh, it all leads to a bullshit con- convoluted ending where uh, Sasha kills herself to attack Negan as a zombie. It's hard to explain, and not worth explaining. 
On the plus side, we get an interesting uh, Eugene-centric ep and Morgan-centric ep, and Negan is okay still. Uh, 14. Season 6B. Uh, pretty actually good. One of my favorite episodes of the show, the premiere. It's uh, partly tragic, partly triumphant. Our group kills an entire horde of zombies that uh, invades their town. Uh, then we get introduced to uh, Jesus, Gregory, the Hilltop, and eventually Negan, but it takes its sweet-ass time to get there. Uh, best part for the course for this show. Uh, some slightly frustrating Carol and Morgan drama. Biggest problem this season has is its infamous cliffhanger, where Negan kills the cameraman. Uh, it's been two years, and it's still frustrating. Uh, <laughs> what was what was your take on uh the Negan cliffhanger? It was fucking dumb. All right, thank it you. It was Jesse. so everything this show does and it try it tries so hard to just drag shit out mm-hmm. forever and ever and ever and they do it in their marketing too. And I think it makes it worse. It really does. This whole Rick's final season shit, I'm tired of hearing it already. I was tired of hearing it months ago. I would definitely agree. It, it They do this every single fucking time. It feels like a last-ditch effort to get people to pay attention. Yeah. And, it, it, so and, and des- it didn't work. They're so clearly and obviously desperate, and they just keep doing it. They think it's like they push harder, it'll make people come. But it does the exact opposite. They should pull away, be more subtle, hire better writers, write better. Instead, they just push it, and they keep pushing the audience's buttons. This show is going to crash soon. It's coming. I, it might have already happened. We'll see. No, full-blown crash. It's going to end. I give it maybe one, two more seasons. It's hard to say because uh, although the ratings are down, people are still watching it. It's still probably the highest rated program on AMC. Better Call Saul doesn't even get half its numbers, even though it's uh, like nine times as good of a show as it is. Right. <laughs> oh, man. What's next? Number 13. This is the last one I'm going to do. We'll save the remaining top 12. Top 12. But in any other list, it would be in the middle. Seasons of The Walking Dead. But we'll leave off with uh, number 13, Walking Dead Season 7A. Oh, boy, I wonder who Negan killed. Maybe it'll be somebody crazy and unexpected. Ooh, turns out he kills two people. That's a good twist. Oh, it's still the people he killed in the comics, basically. So, eh. Actually, for real, the season starts out uh, pretty good. Negan's entertaining. The kingdom is neat. Good setup on that. The episode that takes place entirely at the sanctuary is uh, very, very good. And then it goes to shit. The Terra episode is uh, not not so good. Uh, and as much as I was looking forward to the the Carl and Negan relationship, uh, it kind of falls flat because Carl is older here than he is in the comics, and it just doesn't work. Negan like treats him like he's eight. And talks to him like he's eight. Oh, so they, like, wrote it the same way? Uh, yeah, it's basically, like, straight out of the comics, even though Carl is clearly, like, a teenager. <laughs> it didn't make any goddamn sense. Oh, my sense. God. The whole sing me a song part was awkward because it didn't make any fucking goddamn oh. sense. Yeah, I know. Uh, oh, the finale has Rosita point at, uh, shoot at Negan at point-blank range and miss. Uh, which actually serves as a metaphor for this entire show. <laughs> the target shouldn't be hard to hit, but they miss it all the time. <laughs> oh, my God. We'll end it on that. We'll that's do the a, other that's half. That's why I decided that was a good place to end it on. Now, I I would say, and I'll, I'll make the argument that as we get into the second half next week, I would probably recommend the top ten as television to watch for a human being. But 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 the rest of it I don't know if I would recommend as television to watch for anyone, <laughs> human being or otherwise. No Even human dogs beings. would be upset watching this on, from the corner of their eyes. They chew a bone. They would just be like, "What is this garbage? Are you kidding me? What are you just gonna not tell me who dies in the season finale? You gonna cliffhang this out, boy? Wow. Yeah, the show does. It's not written well anymore. Was it ever really? Yes. I would say so. Uh, there are good moments. There are well-acted moments. But none of the seasons that I talked about have very much of that. I, I want to let you know, because one of our studio audience members is sitting behind you. As soon as I asked that question, he was just shaking his head no. Mm. This is great. Well, you know, it's just Mark Toth, so who cares? 
All right, so what's worse? Those scenes of The Walking Dead you just talked about or Halloween Resurrection? Uh, it's, you know, I w- I'm going to make the argument that maybe it's Halloween Resurrection because this one has Buster Rhymes in it. And you know what doesn't have Buster Rhymes in it? The Walking Dead. <laughs> a fucking- he should have played Negan. It would have been great. <laughs> We're back at it again, boys. Remember last week when we were like, man, we watched Halloween H2O, and that movie was fucking awesome. It was really good. And I'm like, all right, well, Halloween Resurrection's next. It's an actual sequel. And you're like, what? It doesn't feel like there should be a sequel. No, it's over. What are you talking about? How is this a sequel? And then you find out within the first 15 minutes of this movie, and everybody, everybody with a brain is mad. I, I would say so. It's very weirdly structured, this movie, because the first 15 minutes are kind of like a short film that is unconnected to the movie. They just had to... Before f- the credits or whatever, like, it's an entirely different movie they before had, we get to the it's core like, plot. It's like whoever was making this movie, all the staff, had to find a way to be like, man, how can we still come off of H2O? And make this Halloween movie. It, you didn't have to. You could have just made it something separate, but it had to be they a sequel just to h They could have kept the canon loose if they wanted to and just been like, here's just another random tale about Michael Myers that happens. That would have been fine in my opinion. No, but they felt like uh, they had to have some kind of continuity. The continuity is terrible, and yeah. it retcons the fuck out of H2O in the worst possible way. Why don't you go ahead, Jusby? I think this pissed you off more than even me. Oh, I wanted to turn off the movie after this happened. <laughs> I didn't want to watch anymore, but I had to, I guess. You didn't have to, but we've already made this much of a commitment to watching all the Halloween movies. What, are we going to stop? Are we going to stop? Do you want to? Are we going to stop digging through those ditches and burning through those witches? No, it's coming. <laughs> I'm not excited. So, yeah, anyway, we'll go ahead and start off. Good old Jamie Lee Kirk Kurt is in an asylum. She's crazy now. Yeah. Remember? She, she taking she take her pills, but uh-oh, not really. She stuffed them in the bear, and oh, you're like... I, that was stupid. I you're like, that doesn't that. actually work. They checked the bear. The people who wrote this movie had never actually been in, like, a, a fucking mental ward in the are hospital. You, are you telling me this movie doesn't look at mental illness uh, in a correct lens? I mean, you don't need to look at it in a correct lens. All you have to do is just, like, know somebody who went to a mental hospital... Yeah. And, and they'd be able to tell you that that's not possible. You're telling me this movie isn't entirely 100% accurate in all of its research? No. And oh, then, okay. So anyway, we find out through through some, some exposition that, like, man, why did Jamie Lee Curtis in the hospital? Well, here's why. So through everything that happened at the end of H2O, and if you remember... Mikey got his head cut off! Yeah, but the entire time it was like she drove away the ambulance with Michael Myers in it, and he gets up out of that body bag and attacks her. But meanwhile, off screen. <laughs> so what this movie is trying to say, and it makes me so fucking angry, is that at some point during that whole ending of H2O, he swapped with somebody from the medical staff. Even before the Even first time her. Jamie Lee Curtis was going to kill him with the axe when LL Cool J stopped her. That Michael Myers body that they picked up was not Michael Myers, but a cop? How? That's a good question, Jusby. Because there was no cops there yet. See, I thought it was after that this happened. I feel like it has to be then, because that's when they pick him up. I mean, maybe there's a time gap in between, but like, would, would, would Jamie Lee Curtis stop looking at Michael at any point? She wants to kill him. Right. So, where is the span of time that doesn't exist where no one except a cop and Michael Myers was in a room? None. Exactly. So, anyway, so, so what this movie is trying to tell you is the entire final scene of H2O, when she goes and she drives the ambulance away with the Michael Myers body bag in the back, he gets up in the body bag, not panicked at all, by the way, not screaming like, oh my god, why am I in a body bag? <laughs> Very quietly, very slowly. Well, they didn't the, decide he was Michael Myers yeah, yet. You know, in the I same am. exact mannerisms as Michael Myers rips out of the fucking bag and attacks Jamie Lee Curtis. She then he slams the brakes of the truck and flings him out of it. And then she hits him with the fucking car. At any point, do you think this guy who was swapped with Michael Myers would say a goddamn word? Oh, no! It wouldn't! Because that actually fucking happened! Resurrection's a piece of goddamn bullshit! Throw it in the trash! I We're like, 15 minutes in, guys. I like, by the way, I like when he's uh, when he's pinned against the tree, 
And uh, you remember the part in H2O where he's like, Ouch! <laughs> Oof, ouch, my bones! There's a tree stuck through my fucking asshole! Jamie Lee Curtis, stop! I'm not Michael Myers! I'm dying! I'm bleeding out my ass, Jamie Lee Curtis! Please help me! <laughs> no, instead he just, like, reaches out his hand and, like, Hi, hi, Jamie! <laughs> I'm a big fan of yours, Jamie! Hi, hello! <laughs> At least that's what we're meant to assume, because it was it wasn't Michael Myers, clearly. Uh God, it's such it's a terrible lazy retcon that doesn't make any damn sense. You're right to be mad. I knew that this retcon happened. I had no idea going in. I didn't well, you know what, to be fair, I, I knew what happened to Jamie Lee Curtis's character. I didn't know how Michael Myers came back. That part did piss me off a lot because it doesn't make any damn sense. Uh, our friend Kuiper looked it up after we were done talking about H2O on the previous uh, episode's podcast where he was in the studio audience and he was, like, laughing the whole time because he looked it up, like, during the podcast <laughs> we were talking about it. And he was like, oh, my God, they don't know. <laughs> he, he told me I was going to be super mad, and he was very right. Yeah, he was. I was fucking livid. Mm. Anyway, so anyway, after to, that. To get to the rest of it. No, no, we're not even done with the first part yet. But I know. So then, like, That's oh, look. I mean. Oh, look, Mikey shows up. It's like, oh, shit, what are you going to do, Jamie? She tries to fight him off. She's got traps set up because she's a big old crazy crazy. And lures him to the rooftop and hangs him up. She's like, I knew you would come, Michael, or whatever. Yeah, it was a dope line. But, like, too bad it's in a shitty movie. Anyway. Uh, you're right. She traps him up and hanging in this thing. And she gets ready to cut off his head again. And she's like, oh, but I got to make sure it's actually Michael this time because I got pitted. And then she go Cause ahead. Cause she got fucking conned last time. Yeah. <laughs> Mike she's... pulled an epic prank on her. Fucking epic prank, dude. <laughs> Lol XD. Anyways, goes to take off punk. the mask. He goes to take off the mask. Mike Myers punks her again, except this time he picks her up, throws her off the fucking building. She's there with them. They're hanging on. If she's, she says something to him, I don't forget. At this point, I'm just fueled with rage. And then she just falls and dies. Yep. And then the credits start. And I'm like, at that moment, I said very loudly, very angly, angrily, turn off the movie. You're forgetting a very important nonsensical part. There is a... Really? Yeah, there's another patient at this asylum who... uh just, like, says facts about other serial killers and shit. Oh, this, yeah, there's a reason I didn't And say in a anything. POV shot, Michael Myers goes up to this man, and we think he's going to kill him, but instead he hands him his knife, and then the guy starts saying facts about Michael Myers. I don't know what that was meant to convey. Is Michael Myers giving him the knife so that he can become a new serial killer like Michael Myers? He's already in an insane asylum. He might already be a serial killer. He's clearly insane. What the fuck was that scene meant to convey? Why was it in the movie, Jusby? <laughs> it was meant to convey nothing, Genhart. It was meant to convey that it's the end of the short film, and now the movie begins. <laughs> this has nothing to do with the rest of it, other than Michael Myers is back. That's all that that meant to do. Oops. Oh, well, all right. So then we got to start. This is the start hall. We resurrection, right? It's the real world Haddonfield, everybody. Let's go. Yeah. That's the plot of this movie. Yeah, some reality show bullshit that runs on 1998 internet. <laughs> In 2002? Yeah, mother, young motherfuckers, <laughs> young motherfuckers tell me if you could stream off AOL. Hell no! No, you can't stream off a fucking AOL dial-up, you fucking kidding me? <laughs> they're, uh, they're live streaming a, uh, a like a Ghost Adventures-esque, uh, Look into the Michael Myers house. We have our uh, throwaway characters. None of them matter except Busta Rhymes. Yeah, so we got... All right, so it's Busta Rhymes. <laughs> Busta Rhymes. Busta Rhymes. And <laughs> he creates this reality show where it's like... Dangertainment. It's called Dangertainment. You go to spooky house, you lock them in the spooky house, you put up hidden cameras everywhere and cameras on the people's heads. And then you see what happens. It gets, get them spooked. It's, it's a setup. This is revealed uh, later. Uh, he, they just, like, put a bunch of spooky shit in the house for them to find so that there's a show. Uh, yeah, because the reality of it is very boring, like yeah, this movie. Even going to the lengths of uh, Buster Rhymes dresses up like Michael Myers to uh, freak them out at one point. And there's a, because of that, there's a very comical scene. Oh, my God. That Bust, scene's legendary. Buster Rhymes and the actual Michael Myers are together in a room. He runs, he, starts, it, yeah, he runs into him. Yeah. <laughs> and he's he, like, like... Tells him to fuck off, and then, like, Michael actually fucks off? <laughs> I don't know what the fuck 
they were thinking about that scene. I think it was just written by Buster Rhymes. Like, he's like, <laughs> I, I want to talk to Michael. Tell him to fuck off, and he's gonna fuck off. Like, all right, Buster. Are you gonna tell Buster Rhymes no? Yeah, he's I'd clearly that, he clearly got is the best thing about this movie. Yeah, but I would have told right? him to run far, far away from it. <laughs> yeah, he should have. Uh, yeah, it's 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 really he he thinks that it's someone else pulling the Michael Myers gag, and he's like, "But I'm supposed to be doing the Michael Myers gag. You need to get out of here." Get out of here. And then Michael leaves. He told him. He told him to get out. Michael was like, shit, okay. Anyway, so we're introduced to all of our characters looking to go into the Dangertainment house, who, and they all are, suck. Who are our characters, Jusby? What's our lovely cast? Can you remember any of them? No. Same. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we have... Um, there's, let's see. Hold on, wait. I might be able to get Goth it. Boy. There's Goth Boy. There's Boobs Girl. There's, <laughs> I was going to say Boob Lady. There's, there's, a, there's a Less Boobs Girl. <laughs> well, paid to show her tits in Movie Girl, not paid to show her tits in Movie Girl. Right, right. Had a lesser uh, contract. Uh, our main character? Girl? Girl? I guess. Uh, she then, is less. She's more reluctant than all these other people. And then another Get douche. She's and relatable. Then, and then another douche. Uh, there's, there's, uh... Three guys, three girls. White, white douche, black douche. <laughs> and, uh... Other douche. And then other white douche. <laughs> it was the goth douche. Yeah, it's goth He's not really goth. goth. It's just, like, there's a scene when they're interviewing them, and he's like, you know, like, you know, whoa, Mike, like, you know, Charles Manson was a visionary, or whatever the fuck he was saying. It was some bullshit like that. I don't that. remember. Yeah, I don't remember anything about these characters. It's 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 an interesting experience watching this movie, because your eyes are glazed over from rage and boredom during the setup of the, the premise. Like, after Jamie Lee Curtis is killed, you're like, what the fuck's the point of watching the rest of the movie? And when they're trying to set up all these characters, you don't give a shit. At all. My favorite thing about the promo material for Halloween Resurrection is that Jamie Lee Curtis is all over it. This is why I wanted you to see the trailer. So that, like, you understood that they advertised this movie with, like, falsely. Like, they basically lied to everybody. Like, yeah, Jamie Lee Curtis is in it. They show the the major plot of, uh, you know, we're filming in this Michael Myers house. And then they show the Jamie Lee Curtis appearance at the end where she's like, hello, Michael, I've been expecting you. Which makes it seem like... They made it seem She's like... She's going to show up right. at the house at the end of the movie. Instead, she dies in the first 15 minutes. What a fucking waste. What a bunch of lying assholes. Yeah. It, th- this whole movie's a waste. God damn. Anyway, so, gotta keep moving on with the fucking plot, I guess. Now well, what about... The- ooh, the subplot where, uh, girl's... Uh, b- boyfriend who is being catfished, I think, because he's like a fucking freshman in high school, <laughs> something like that. I don't know, she's but he's like a college student. And she doesn't know his age. <sighs> he's talking to her on fake aim. He, yeah, on fake aim. Uh, he's uh, you know, she's like, watch my show tonight. I'm gonna be live on the the Michael Myers show. <laughs> And he's like, okay, but he does it at a Halloween party, and then everybody gets invested. I think it's some attempt to be meta about this shit, where everybody sits down and watches the movie and goes, that shit's fake, yo! That's not a real death, when, like, the real deaths start happening in the movie. Man, I forgot my lighter, but I was about to make a gag about, like, I think at this point it's time to do a candlelit vigil for the Halloween franchise. <laughs> but uh, That was a long I, time ago. I forgot ago. my lighter, so the joke is canceled. Here's me screwing the candlelit back on. Okay. I don't know if the effect would have been uh, good via podcast. You would hear this, the noise of me striking the lighter, and then I'm like, we're doing a candlelit vigil for the what Halloween kind of franchise. What is that candle over there? Oh, it smells really good. It's a strawberry shortcake candle. Do you guys smell that through the through the podcast? No, we don't have smell-o-vision. <laughs> you want smell-o-vision, pay me. Man, they probably had it in 2002 on that internet that was highly advanced. Oh, Tyra Dude, Banks is like I the remember. producer lady. Oh, I'll start uh, trying to get off topic really bad. I was going to start talking about Spy Kids 4D. <laughs> <laughs> I, at least that one doesn't kill off its leads. I don't know. <laughs> They're also kids, so I don't know if that would be a good but idea. But Buster Rhymes and Tyra Banks aren't in it. You know, is that a detriment or not? I mean, Ty- Tyra Banks is probably a detriment. but like yeah, She was fine. She was fine, but it was kind of like weird that it was even Tyra Banks. Like it, it, there was not. It could have just been anyone. Buster Rhymes is probably like, I want Tyra. <laughs> and they're like, they're like, all right, Busta, Busta whatever Rhymes you want. had to be Busta Rhymes. It had to be like a weird, larger-than-life celebrity as that character because he kind of exists as Busta Rhymes and as a fictional like version of himself. 
He does, yeah, for sure. Because it's not really like he, it's not really portraying character. He's portraying a joke character, meant to kind of be the comic relief. But then he's also like the hero of the movie at the end, which makes no sense. That was probably because he was got lit. top billing. Yeah, it was whatever. lit. Well, so they set up very early on that he watches kung fu films. <laughs> And no it, it should have just been a throwaway gag, but it ends up being integral, <laughs> integral, integral, integers. And <laughs> it ends up becoming an integer to the plot. How the plot. fuck do you say that word? Integral. I feel like it's, you're still saying it wrong. No. Integral. Integral. Okay, there you go. Integral. Important <laughs> to the plot. It's it, it's an integer to the plot. It's an integral to the plot. It's a big old PP on the plot. Okay, there you go. It ends up being extremely important because late in our feature, after all of the fucking throwaway characters are dead and it looks like our main character is going to bite the dust. I don't remember how any of those characters die. It, I think I remember Boob Scroll gets like pushed into a thing. Yeah. The one one dude gets well killed topless. exactly like how Halloween 1 thing happens. Yeah, the knife sticking into the door and he's like stuck by the knife. What are the other ones? Uh, I forget. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. I was skipping to the end on purpose. <laughs> said, oh, okay. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> None of it matters. Uh, whatever. They find out that the gags are fake, and then they're mad, but then Michael's actually there, so like that whole plot didn't really matter that they were faking it or not, because he actually is there. It created drama for about 45 seconds Yeah. with Busta. I can't then, believe they lied to us. Ugh. And then and Michael then was die, right there. So whatever. <laughs> and then Michael was right there. Busta Rhymes was like, whatever. oh, fuck. Uh, the whole, the place is getting lit on fire, uh, and it looks like Michael Myers is about to kill our lead girl, and then Buster Rhymes kicks down a door, like karate kicks down a door, and then goes, trick or treat, motherfucker, and then fucking roundhouse kicks the shit out of Michael Myers, <laughs> Michael Myers goes flying a distance, I think. Or maybe he throws Buster Rhymes a distance. That seems more realistic. Yeah, he throws Buster uh, Rhymes, and then he, like, then... It's so ridiculous to me that the throwaway line of him just watching kung fu films in his hotel room pays off with him knowing karate at the end of the movie <laughs> to it fight Michael Myers. It doesn't make any fucking sense. It's so nerve-wracking. Uh, my eyes were glazed over for most of this movie. The only part I paid it real attention to was the first 15 minutes, in the last 15 minutes. Right, which is when the good Buster Rhymes stuff happens. Yeah, well, it's actually funny as fucking awesome. Uh, they end up taking out Myers, and he explodes in the house. The house blows up Yeah, so from it, gasoline. Yeah, well, okay, well, I we guess. can't trust this, because remember Halloween 2? Yeah, yeah. Well, Dr. Loomis wasn't there to blow up. It was just Michael. And I've always said that Michael surviving past an explosion can be plausible, because we don't know what kills him. Uh, how, you know what's not plausible is cutting off his head, but th but boy, they sure found a way, didn't they? Oh yeah, they did. Uh, so uh, then we get uh, <laughs> Buster Rhymes at early points in this movie seemed kind of scummy. He was kind of like, you know, yeah, of course I'm setting it up because like we got to give America something to watch. We got to give the sheeple something to watch. <laughs> is basically what his character was. He was like a really like, you know kind of the power oh yeah hungry like guy and then at the end of the movie he's like the moral high ground which didn't make any sense because he was like you know he get learned. these cameras out of her face no he learned his this lesson. wasn't a show michael myers is not a show for people to watch and i'm like busta <laughs> no but like, you were making a show about michael myers for he people learned to watch his lesson five minutes ago he learned his lesson again oh i forgot about the entire subplot wow character development in my film <laughs> I forgot about the entire subplot with the did the kid just getting catfished. Yeah, and he's like he goes to like a friend's Halloween party, but like instead of doing anything, he just goes on the computer, watches the entertainment. I, and... I brought this up. It's kind of like I think it's just a meta yeah, like, way to have teenagers watching a Halloween movie, basically. I guess, but then inside there's... the Halloween movie. But then that subplot progresses to the point where like he starts texting. Oh, our he's lead. like texting her because like he can see all the camera angles right on the website. So he's like, Michael's in the foyer or whatever. And the way it pops up on the on the phone screen is so Oh, yeah. Bad. It's like letter by letter, which no text in the history of text has ever sent it like that. It doesn't work that way, folks. It was like in real time, like, you know, 
L-O-O-K-O-U-T. <laughs> like, like, what the fuck? <laughs> y'all y'all never use a messaging service before. I mean, this was before su- super good internet, so mm-hmm. whatever. And then, of course, our ending is uh, Michael Alive still, because, yeah. There was a couple alternate endings on the DVD that we watched, and none of them were really good. Like like the whole movie? Yes. Uh, it just basically changed, like, tiny circumstances, like... Uh, instead of Buster Rhymes rescuing girl, it's her boyfriend for some reason. And instead of uh, Michael coming alive at the morgue afterwards, like in the theatrical cut, uh, he comes alive as Buster Rhymes is looking at him and going like, Haha, we killed you, motherfucker. And then he comes alive and he's like, oh, and then the movie ends. But in talking about this, we've forgotten the most key piece of Halloween lore yet. That is in this movie. Do you remember what You're it is? You're being sarcastic. Go ahead. Do you remember what it is? Just no. It's no. I'm not being sarcastic at all. Shut the fuck up and tell me this what it is. This is the most integral piece of lore because you remember, uh, in Halloween one, it's established that Michael Myers eats dogs. He doesn't. He doesn't eat normal food. He doesn't go to supermarket like me or you. He doesn't go to Taco Bell like me. <laughs> <laughs> Michael Myers doesn't eat chicken quesadillas. <laughs> he eats dogs. <laughs> He's dog quesadillas. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, and then that's further established in this movie where he living under the Myers house eating rats. There's literally a rat that he bit a chunk out of, and then the rat, like, moves, which doesn't make any sense, just for a jump scare. So he just clearly eats raw meat. But I think Michael Myers has more of a palate than we give him credit for because... In the established canon of this movie, there is a fully stocked spice rack in the Michael Myers home. <laughs> yeah, and like it's fresh spice. It's fresh spice. They make a note to tell the audience this. They're like, you know, that's weird. This this is like new because they're in an old abandoned house. So they're like, why is there freshly spiced spice rack here? You got your cayenne pepper and your, you know. <laughs> <laughs> garlic uh salt like what what, what well, is this doing here it's not now, what it's actually doing there is it was planted by the dangertainment crew but what purpose does it serve for them to plant spices in setting up their false spooky michael myers house what do the spices prove justin i don't Somebody think they put it there. there i don't think they put it there I think Michael Myers put it there because he needs to put a little cayenne pepper on his dead rats before he eats them. Because, clearly, he's more human than we gave him credit for. He he has a palate, Michael Myers. Sometimes you gotta put a little Tony Casher <laughs> on your dead dog <laughs> before you eat of- it. Gotta put a little bit of that spice on your dog. Michael Myers isn't the kind of psychopath that just eats a dead dog raw. He is, but he puts a bit of Tony Cashery's on it first. <laughs> all right? I'm that fucking way you mad. Get a, you get a little seasoning. That way it tastes like seasoning and dead dog. Put a little bit of garlic. Put a little bit of Parmesan cheese. You put a little bit of shredded cheese. <laughs> Got a paprika. A paprika. I need to take a big old <laughs> bite. Cooking with Michael, dude. <laughs> hey, what up? It's my V-Sauce here. <laughs> Today we're gonna make dead dog. <laughs> Jesus fucking Christ! Eat it with some paprika. He's so, not even a cooking show, is he? I don't know what Vsauce. No, he's is. a science guy. Is he? <laughs> All I know is he's like, hey, Vsauce here. Skeletons are scary. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Speaking of scary. <laughs> I'm really scared to have to watch Rob Zombie Halloween for next week. Uh, I think uh, we might. We're getting close to the release of Halloween. For us, it's just over a week away. Under a week away. Halloween 2018, not to be confused with Halloween or Halloween. (laughs) Here's the plan, folks. For the next episode, we will be releasing. There'll be two days before the movie actually releases. We'll have the episode with... Halloween and Halloween 2 by Rob Zombie on it. We're, We're just going to do, do another double-double. We're going to double-feature it. I guess that's fine by me. Uh, we might as well get him out of the way. Uh, we're running out of time here, so. Yeah. I don't want to watch him after we watch a good Halloween movie. That's for damn sure. Oh, no, no, no. We got we to gotta make sure we do all of them before we watch the new one. We got to get him out of the way. And then the following week, we will have our impressions of 
the new movie. Yeah. And I'll be probably dedicated a big old segment to that. And then Hopefully I think good. Uh, the episode after that, we should do a Halloween episode. Not on the franchise, but on the franchise, but like also just like in general, the Halloween. holiday. Let's talk about Halloween It'll as be, a whole. It'll uh, be Boo again in Jub Halloween. <laughs> <laughs> it won't be I as can't... good as Medea's, but you Yeah, know, but hey. I'm about to say, I can't, talk, I can't wait to talk about my favorite Halloween movie. This is Boo a Medea Halloween. And that's Boo what, a Medea Halloween see, too. Boo. You you don't know that that's what we're watching when we're done with the Halloween series. We're watching all of the Tyler Perry movies. <sighs> I don't want to be here anymore. I don't want to do the show You anymore. don't have a choice, just be. We're going to watch Meet the Browns. <laughs> I'm done. <laughs> we can't. Get show is canceled.